Turn with me to Psalm 67. Psalm 67 and verse 1. Moses was talking with God after the Israelites had committed idolatry. And, and God said, you go on up to the promised land, but I'm not going with you. Moses said, Lord, if you're not going with me, let us not go up. Because what will set us apart from all the nations around us if you don't go up with us? Uh, it is true that what sets us apart as God's people is the presence of God. In the New Testament, we're told, do you not know that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? You and I, who know Jesus Christ, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, have been given a, an incredible gift of the Holy Spirit living within us. Um, sometimes uh, we talk about the Spirit being resident, but is He president? Is He in control in our life? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit of God to live through us and, and to change us and change others in that relationship with Him? We need the Holy Spirit of God, the presence of God with us in, in the church of God as we try to reach the people around us for, with the gospel. Uh, the scripture that we're looking at today, uh, the psalmist is praying to the Lord uh, for some different things that were actually uh, included in the blessing that the priest was commanded to, to pray over the people of Israel. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. He was to pray this and bless the people of Israel with this blessing. But here in this psalm, he is asking God for these blessings for the people of God. And the reason he's asking for these blessings is because of the mission that they have to reach the nations. You see, long before the Great Commission was ever given by Jesus Christ, God had a heart for the nations. And he had a heart for people who are lost. And he wanted us as his people uh, to be, it does, he says in Peter, he says, you're a kingdom of priests a holy nation, a peculiar people, so that you could show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so we're called to take up this mantle of evangelism and reaching the nations. But we cannot do that without the indwelling power and presence of God. And when we get close to God, and when we are walking with God in the way that He desires, uh, people are going to be impacted for the kingdom of God. And so uh, we need to be praying for God's people. And that's the title of my message, Praying for God's People. We're going to talk about what to pray here in just a moment. Look with me at verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us. May He make His face shine upon us. So that your way may be known on earth and your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations rejoice and shout for joy. For you judge the peoples with fairness and lead the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has produced its harvest. God, our God, 
blesses us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. Praying for God's people. What are we to pray for? First of all, we need to pray for God's grace. He says, may God be gracious to us. Pray for God's grace. God's grace is shown to us in a couple of ways. One of the the sweetest things to me in all of Scripture is the fact that Jesus lived the righteous life I couldn't live in my place and died the death that I deserved on Calvary's cross. And the Bible says because of his death and his resurrection that I can have forgiveness and a relationship with God uh, because of what he's done. That's God's grace. God giving us what we don't deserve. But God's grace doesn't stop there for the child of God. His mercies are new every morning. His grace continues to be shown to his people. Every time you have an answered prayer, that's the grace of God. Every time you enjoy a blessing, you eat a good meal, or you, uh, isn't it nice that we're in a warm sanctuary today where when it's cold outside, that's a blessing of God. That's the grace of God. So God shows us his grace in giving us what we don't deserve, but grace is also used to describe the empowerment that God gives us. And so, uh, and that too is a deserve. You and I don't deserve the empowerment that God gives us to do the things he calls us to do. But we desperately need it. We need the grace of God. Paul said this, he said, I'm the, the least of the apostles, but by the grace of God I am what I am. I want to tell you something. Any person you see working in the power of God, it's not because of who they are, it's because of who Jesus is. It's the grace of God. And uh, we need to pray for God's grace. Pray that God will give grace to those who, who lead in our church, to those who teach in our church, to those who serve in our church, to those who go out in the community and share Christ. Why? Because without the grace of God, we can do nothing. So pray for the grace of God. Much grace was upon them, the Bible says to the early church. It was so, they had such revival going upon, on in, in that early church that every day souls were being won to faith in Jesus Christ. Can you imagine what a revival that must have been? The grace of God. Pray for God's grace and that God will give us what we don't deserve. But also pray for God's grace and the empowerment of his people. Praying for God's people, what should we pray? Pray for God's grace. Secondly, pray for God's blessing. Verse 1 says, may God be gracious to us and bless us. You need to pray for God's blessing in general, but also specifically. The priest was commanded to pray in general for God's blessing. But then God told Moses the specific blessings he wanted to give. And he wrote those in the law. And God God blessed the people of Israel with these blessings as they followed him. But we need to pray for the blessings of God upon his people here at this church. His blessing in general. Did you know when God comes and dwells among us, we're blessed? And uh, problems take care of themselves and people start getting saved and people are changed. And all of that happens through the presence of God. And so uh, we need to pray 
for the blessing of God in general, but we also need to pray for these things specifically. Um, how do you know what to pray for? Well, find what God wants to do in the Word of God. Uh, as you're reading the Word of God and you see something that God wants His church to do, or you see something that God wants His people to look like, pray for it. Uh, you see a character quality God wants His people to have, ask God to produce it. Uh, also, you can pray specifically for God's blessing by letting the Holy Spirit of God lead you in your prayers. <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> perhaps uh, God brings somebody to mind during your prayer time. Another brother or sister in Christ. And, and you begin to, to feel led to pray for that brother or sister in Christ. And you pray for God's blessing. And you pray for God's help. Or you pray for God's encouragement. That's praying for the blessing of God in a specific way, for a specific person. Or maybe God leads a specific ministry to pray for blessing upon a specific ministry in our church. And, and he lays that upon your heart and you begin to pray for the children's ministry or the senior adult ministry or uh, whatever ministry God lays upon your heart. Or perhaps it's for a group of leaders and you let God lead you in ex specifically in how to pray for God's people. Paul recognized the importance of this. He said, he said, I lift you up in prayer before God continually. He said that over and over again to the different churches that he, he wrote to. Um, you remember in Acts, what, what was the early church doing when God sent that great revival? They were gathered together in prayer. And they were calling out upon the Lord and God sent this great revival. Thousands of people saved. You know, God can do more in five minutes than we can do in 50 years. And God came down and did such a mighty work. They turned the world upside down. Pray for God's blessing in general and specifically. By the way, you don't, that's not just for our church, but pray, pray that for your family. Pray that for your life. Uh, Jabez prayed for the blessing of God upon his own life. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. So uh, ask a whole lot. Um, so God's blessing, God's grace, thirdly, God's way. Look at verse 2. He's asked for God's blessing in verse 1. He says in verse 2, so that your way may be known on the earth and your salvation among all nations. So that your way may be known on the earth and your salvation among all nations. We need to pray for God's way. Pray for God's way in your personal life. Pray for God's way in your family. Uh, the Bible says there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Uh, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You want to know the way to go, it's found in God's word. But ask God for his way in your life specifically. God has a plan for your life. You know how I know that? The Bible says every one of your days is written in his book. That sounds like plan and strategy to me. David says, you have knit me together in my mother's womb. God has designed you for a purpose. Pray for God's way to be carried out in your life. Pray for God's way in your family. 
God may have a ministry that he wants your family to do. Or God may have something he wants to accomplish in your family. Uh, Ask God to show you what to pray for your family, to show you what to pray for your personal life, and to help you to be right in the center of God's will. And please pray that for this church. Lord, help us to be in the center of your way. Your way. That, That includes in obedience to the scripture. That's God's way. That includes uh, the specific direction that God has for our church. We want to be right in the center of God's will as a church, don't you? Because that's where the, the being under the spout where the blessing comes out. Amen? God has, I believe God has South Clinton Baptist Church here for a reason. To fulfill specific purposes in his eternal sovereign plan. And as we're in the middle of that way, we will accomplish the things that God has called us to accomplish. But as we are walking in that way and we learn that way, guess what? We're able to share with others about the ways of God. And ultimately, that's what he says, this purpose of blessing. We pray for the blessing. Why? So that your way may be known on the earth and your salvation among all nations. It's not just about us. It's about the people outside the four walls of our church that God wants to reach. It's about people on the other side of the world that God wants to reach. People in El Salvador or people wherever wherever the gospel is being proclaimed. You see, God doesn't bless us just so that we can enjoy the blessing. God blesses us so that we can be channels of that blessing to other people. So that when we learn something, and we can share that with others. Or when we're blessed, we can then bless others. If we're blessed financially, we bless someone else. Uh, God blesses us so that his ways can be known on the earth. And when you begin to walk with God in the way that he has called you to walk, and God begins to change you, you're going to begin to impact other people around you. And you probably won't even realize how much you're impacting them. When you are walking with God and you are sensitive to his spirit and he is speaking through you to others or he is speaking through the the service that you provide for others, um, it's going to be profound what he does. I remember uh, in my last church we had um, an evangelism program and, and I praise God for evangelism programs. I believe we are commanded to go. Um. But we had evangelism program twice a week. Finally, I felt led like it was just time to stop. I don't, you know, I, we just needed to stop that that program. A few months later, God was kind of doing some things in our church. Revival began to come. And can I tell you what we accomplished twice a week going out? Versus what God did when revival came, it was completely different. All of a sudden, there were people being saved every service our church met. All of a sudden, there were people broken at the altar. Crying out to God. Weeping before God under conviction of the Holy Spirit. You see, God showed up in the middle. And you know what I found? It became effortless. 
Did you know we're not to work, work things up and try to do things in our own strength? We're to do it in God's strength and God's power. And God began to do things, and he did them quickly. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm doing less and, and seeing more fruit than I've ever seen before in my ministry. It's the difference between the presence and the power of God. When you're walking in his way, and then his ways begin to be seen in the community. And people begin to say, what's happening God's doing something there. Not what's the preacher doing or what are, what are the deacons doing or what are the Sunday school teachers doing or, or what's the congregation doing. What is God doing there? There's something happened that we could only explain as a supernatural work of God. And so, so that your ways may be known among the nations. And so as God's blessing comes then we're able to be more effective in reaching people for Jesus Christ. So pray for God's way. Pray for it in your personal life, in your family, in this church, and then ultimately in this community, that this community can know the truth of God's Word. We were, we were talking in Sunday school this morning about how confused people are today. Our culture is confused. We, we don't know which side is up and which side is down and which is left and which is right. We've lost our common sense. Can I tell you something? You and I have the answer. We have the truth of God's word. As we're blessed, God empowers us so that we can share with others and so that others can observe God's way. So pray for God's grace, God's blessing, God's way, fourthly, God's praise. God's praise. In verse 3 and verse 5, he says almost the identical thing. He says, let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. Did you know that God's heart is not just that we praise God? I hope that we do every time we come to this place. Our eyes are focused upon him and our hearts are engaged as we worship God. But that's not the end goal. The end goal goes beyond that. God wants to change people out in this community. God wants people to be so changed by God's grace that they can't help but worship Him and thank Him. Maybe you, you experienced that a little bit when you came to Christ. I, I remember all the guilt being gone. I was so excited about Jesus when I first came to know him because my guilt was gone. I'd been caring. I knew, you know, I was raised in church. I knew what I was supposed to do, and I knew I wasn't doing it. And I knew I was sinning before God, and I had all this weight of guilt. And when I came to Christ, the guilt was gone. I, I was ready to charge hell with a water pistol. I was so excited. I went to my fifth grade class. With a handful of gospel tracts I found at the rack at church. And I put a gospel track on every desk in that classroom. People thought I was from Mars. But I was so excited. I wanted to tell them about Jesus. What he'd done in my life. Listen, there's people out there in this community that are hurting and that are broken. And they need Jesus. They may not realize it, but that's what they need. And when they are touched by the power of a mighty God, 
they're going to start worshiping and praising God. He says, I, I, I just want to pray, God, that it's not enough just for us as we assemble and, and enjoy your presence in worship. Let the world, Lord, know the blessing of praising and worshiping you. Um, what's it going to be like someday in heaven where there's people from every tribe, every nation, every people worshiping God in heaven? I, I tell you, that's one of the main attractions for me. Uh, I'm excited. Yes, the new earth is going to be awesome. I'm going to plan some hiking trips and things like that. But one of the greatest things to me will be the worship. To be before God's throne with thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000 saying worthy, worthy is the Lamb. So we need to pray for God's praise. By the way, if you develop an attitude of praise in your life as a Christian, um, you will walk more closely with the Lord. You will know more of His joy. Uh, there's something about praise that ushers us into the presence of God in a special way. So pray for God's praise and then finally pray for God's joy. Verse 4 says, let the nations rejoice, shout for joy. For you judge the peoples with fairness and lead the nations on the earth. You judge the peoples. With fairness, your judgments. Now, judgment can be a negative thing if you're receiving justice for sin. Uh, but it can also be a positive thing because God does what is just and right. Can you imagine what it's going to be like one day when Jesus rules and reigns on this earth? And justice is always carried out. What's right is always done. That's going to be an amazing time. But God is at work even now in doing what is just and what is right. As he saves souls that put their trust in him. As he answers prayer. As he answers the cries for justice. Many times from those who call upon him. Um. We need to pray for God's joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Did you know I'm convinced that God doesn't want us to have a contorted, um, grimace look on our face. He wants us to be joyful. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and then the rest. Joy is to be a mark of the Christian life. One of the things I've noticed over the years is the people who walk most closely with God are people of joy. Why? Because when you're in the presence of God, He brings joy to your heart. That doesn't mean people don't grieve. doesn't mean people aren't sad or people don't have problems that they face. But there's something within them 
There's this joy of the Lord that provides comfort to them in sorrow, that provides strength to them in difficulty, and that lifts them up above what's going on in their lives. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Um, Something happened in the Garden of Eden. God had created a perfect world, a world with no problems, a world with no sin, a world with nothing ever went wrong, no hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, uh, uh, mudslides, or sinkholes. It was a perfect creation. And then we messed it up. We sinned against God. And the earth was under a curse, and we were under a curse, and and things have never been the same. But Jesus came. Jesus came to restore what had been broken. And the Bible says in John 10.10, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That you might know this joy. You see, Jesus restores what is broken. He restored what was broken in my heart. But he restores broken relationships. He restores broken families. He restores uh, broken churches. That's who he is. Let the nations rejoice and shout for joy. There's a lot of grief and pain and heartache in the nations of the world today. We're to pray for God's joy. How will God's joy come? It will come as the kingdom of God advances. People come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It will come as nations are transformed through the Christianity of the people living in it. Uh, It will come... As God's people pray and humble themselves and pray and cry out to God and turn from their wicked ways, then He will hear from heaven, forgive our sin, and heal our land. And there'll be joy. Listen, one of the great things about America is America was founded on Christian principles. Why do you think the atheists want the Ten Commandments out of the courthouse and out of the schools and everywhere else in public life? They want to deny the heritage of our country. But one of the reasons America has been so great is because America was founded upon the principles of God's Word. And when you have the principles of God's Word in a nation, in a church, in a family, in an individual's heart and life being lived out, joy comes along with it. And Freedom and joy are one of the results of being in a right relationship with God. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the fruit of the Spirit is joy. We need to pray for God's joy. Uh, Pray for God's joy in your life. Have you lost your joy as a child of God? Tell God about it. Ask God, Lord, is there some area of my life where I've sinned against you. Maybe there is, maybe there's not. But ask God to restore your joy. Confess any sin that you know uh, to the Lord and ask Him to change your heart. 
uh, so that you can walk in close fellowship with him. Uh, Take those steps to worship him and praise him in your personal time with God so that uh, you can enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. In his presence is where joy is found, the fullness of his Holy Spirit. Pray for joy in your family. Um, One of my kids came and and told me, um, this has probably been a couple years ago, uh, I can tell that there's something different about our house than when I'm elsewhere, you know, we're with friends or whatever. I can, there's something different about our house. It feels different here. Now, that, that charged me up <laughs> because I recognize, listen, our house is covered with prayer. Our house, we, we take our problems to God in prayer. And, and we have tried to draw near. We're not perfect. Listen, I'll tell you, my, my wife and my kids can tell you I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. We're broken in, in many ways. But, but praise God, when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And there can be joy. We need to pray for joy in this church. The joy of fellowship with God. The joy of worship. And as we do, he will equip us and bless us to bring about a true change. What about you? Are you ready to pray for the church of God. I just, as I was planning the, this year, I, I was led by God uh, to emphasize prayers for the church. And then I came across this little thing. I, I'm a part of a prayer network. Uh, came across this little book and I ordered it. I thought, well, that's great. Prayers for the church. And uh, but then I got to reading it and, and seeing what it actually said. I've been praying these prayers for our church. I've gotten not all the way through the book yet, but I've gotten a good, good way through the book. Praying these prayers for our church. And I've been amazed at the, uh, the word. First of all, it is thoroughly biblically saturated. I mean, this is, these are prayers right out of the Bible. But secondly, about the needs that it addresses in the church of God. Uh, I, I was acquainted with this uh, through an article that I read in a magazine where the church that uh, this lady, uh, sh- she had written this book and this church got a hold of it and they prayed through it. They decided to pray through it in a month and then to pray through it again in another month and God sent revival the second month as they were praying through this book. I don't know if God will send revival here or not, but can I tell you something? If we pray these prayers for our book, they're right out of the word of God. They're God's intention and God's heart. For his church, I believe God will bless our church as a result. And so I want to just challenge you, and if you're willing uh, to, I prayed about should I, should I challenge it for a month? or All I'm, all I'm going to do is I'm going to say, would you make a commitment before God this year to pray through this book for our church? There's 31, the, the chapters aren't that long, there may be two or three pages and uh, there's 31 chapters. If you want to do it on, a, on one day every, for every month, you could do that. If you want to pray through it multiple times. If you just want to pray through it one time, have one day a week. It could be in your family worship, as we've been talking about. You want to pray, pray one of these prayers, uh, then you will get through the book in a year if you do that once a week. I'm convinced that God will do some, some incredible things as we pray his will 
for his church. Um, so here in a moment when we do the invitation, I'm just going to invite you to come. If you're willing as a child of God to pray for this church uh, uh, and uh, are willing to pray through this book to just grab a copy. I think I've got 30 copies here. If we run out, I'll order more, okay? But, uh, but uh, I just want to invite you to come in that way. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you need a relationship with him. That's your first step. If you want to have God bring his joy in your life and these other things we've been talking about, it comes to a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus died for your sin and rose again so you could have that relationship. And if you're ready to surrender your life as Christ asked you to do and to receive that gift of eternal life, uh, he, he would be delighted to give it. And so uh, if you'd like to come, I'll be standing here at the front and would be delighted to help you with that. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for uh, what you've already been doing in our midst and uh, for answered prayers that I've seen. And um, Lord, I, I pray that uh, you would use the prayers of your people to do a truly amazing work in this church in this coming year.